Thanks, Gary. Um, good morning, everyone. Uh, first thing I want to say is thank you for showing up brave in the coronavirus. None of you guys have face masks on, so I know you guys are pretty brave out here. Um, again, I'm going to go through the agenda. Gary introduced me as, as a Vocalet customer, long-time Vocalet customer. I've never spoken about voice, and that's kind of how this thing came around, is, is they were visiting us as a new vendor. And then I said, you know, I've never spoken about voice, but I'm very passionate about voice. And I was planning to show up at Modex. So I said, hey, I'll do this for you guys, because I, I like it. I enjoy talking about voice. I believe in it. Um, Let's uh, walk through kind of le what LePerry Foods does. Uh, we're a multi-channel specialty food distributor. You ba we basically, if you go to a supermarket and you walk around the perimeter of that supermarket and down the few specialty aisles, that's kind of what we focus on. We sell shredded cheeses, we sell turkeys. Uh, what we don't do is we don't sell you know, craft products or, or you know, canned beans. We focus more on specialty products. Uh, we, uh, we use technology a lot to get a competitive advantage. You know, uh, the industry that we live in, the food industry, has very small margins. And any kind of errors in one direction could cost you quite a lot of money. Uh, so we want to be efficient. We want to use technology to the best of our ability, whether it's selling product or picking the product in our warehouses. Um, and again, we change a lot. You know, we, we, through the years, have done a lot of acquisition. We've had five acquisitions in the last year and a half. So our business is constantly changing. And, and one of the main reasons we're not towards the aerobotics world, you know, uh, we still have to actually have pickers make decisions and pick product and put them on pallets, or pick product and put them in totes. Um, we uh, built a you know, corporate headquarters in Warren, Michigan, close to downtown, uh, close to downtown Detroit, uh, 2006. That's our current office. Um, in 2017, we built a building just across the street uh, that we use as a frozen facility that was full sometime in August 2017, about a month later. I don't know if you guys in warehousing, just whenever you build a building, they fill it pretty quickly. Um, that's our LaPrairie family. We started in 1963. Um, our, um, our founder passed away last year, uh, sad story, Jim LaPrairie. But his son, Tom LaPrairie, uh, runs the business. He are, he's our current CEO. Uh, there's a lot of family blood in the business, um, and, and it's still it's an Italian company, there's a lot of yelling going around, and that's kind of how we communicate. <laughs> Back to uh, what we currently do, as you can see, we're the perimeter of, the, of a, super, a specialty supermarket. If you walk into a, one of your local supermarkets, we sell you in different sections. Each one of those basically has a department manager, so when we walk into a store, we're delivering about seven or eight, sometimes up to 30 invoices, based on each one of them has a budget, and each one of them has a department to upkeep. So the deli manager wants his own invoice. They want it separated. They want the product separated. They want it picked that way. So it, it creates a very difficult process in the warehouse to keep all that separate and, and accurate for them. Um, we're very strategic. We, we, we uh, partner very well with our vendors. Uh, Crown is one of them. So we use their product. We stay the latest technology um, because the service back. You know, when, when we put their test technology and we use it in our facility, we speak to it. It, it makes them better and it makes us better. We feel the same way about the other technology we use. So we use a lot of the Honeywell technology. Um, again, this technology is available from other vendors. We just chose Honeywell because we've had a good relationship with them. Uh, we started off with Vocalec before it was Honeywell. Uh, that purpose-built device, uh, again, a lot of people will steer you towards different devices. That's a decision you have to make. But the decision I, I stuck with as a purpose-built device is we have a freezer um, a cold freezer, then we have a dry freezer, then you go from cold temperatures 
to warm temperatures. Then you have Wi-Fi issues. The last thing I want to do is have a device that has a screen on it that could fog up as, or have different issues that are not related to what you're currently trying to do. So we paid the little extra for these devices, but they work and they're very solid. And you can drop them as many times as you want in the warehouse and not have to deal with issues you know, with breakage. Uh, they're, very, um, they're, they're very durable. Um, we moved to a, a wireless technology for the headset as well with voice, so now everybody has a separation there. We also use the A730 uh, device, which has a built-in scanner. Uh, we used that for a while, and I'll show you later on how we've, we're evolving into something different. But we use that to scan weights off of labels. Uh, so it's not a great technology if you're scanning every single pick, but it's a great technology if, if you have certain uh, locations where you do have to scan. So we scan weights off UCC uh, labels around the warehouse, so, and that's a good device to do so. Um, again, you can see the, the other technologies that we use out there. Um, kind of highlighting what, how supply chain has changed over the years. Um, it used to be very simple. You bring raw materials, you manufacture, or you ship product. Today, it's very complicated. The, the market has changed. There's technology. The people want product fast. Amazon's got people used to certain things. We're also, uh, you know, we're next day delivery. So we're, we're you know, um, one of, we've been doing it for quite some time. Um, we deliver quite a big area, and we do it in, in such a quick, tight, tight time frame. So productivity is key, accuracy is key. We also have to deal with uh, food trends a lot. You know, uh, with today's uh, food tastes out there and the trends that are going out there, you not only have to do organic, but you have to get into uh, you know, ethnic foods. You have to do kosher, halal, all-natural, gluten-free, non-GMO. Um, so there's a lot of new skews coming into our life cycle where we didn't have that before. 20 years when I started in the industry, you know, there was a few barbecue sauces out there, there was a few cheeses out there, uh, a few bags of chips. Today, uh, potato chips are no longer made from potatoes. People hate potatoes now all of a sudden. It's a carbohydrate, but um, we have all kinds of different chips, none of them made from potatoes. So all these are skew counts in the warehouse that you have to pick, and none of them are fast-moving skews. So you can see where you have to develop a, a different strategy when you're picking slow versus fast. Distribution center operation was very simple back then. You know, I lift things up, I put them down. Well, it's a lot different today. Um, this is what we deal with. We have, as you saw, two big warehouses, almost 600,000 square feet, and that's how many pick slots I have available. I, I, I took that screenshot about a month ago from available pick slots. So. Tons of pick slots, about 20,000 in the warehouse. That's all we had available at the time I snapped this uh, slide. Uh, so we, we stock almost 25,000 SKUs. Thousands of holiday and temporary SKUs come in and out. So that number goes up to about 32,000. Um, we have 170 selectors that are picking at the same time. So we use a lot of voice technology all at the same time. Uh, 54 is running in and out of those. And we have all, uh, the three different temperature zones. And we've been using voice, as Gary said, since 2007. Let's talk about MISPIX. And, and I want to focus MISPIX first, because that's the one thing we tried to solve um, in 2007. Um, we didn't think, because we picked with labels, we never thought we are going to get a ROI on anything other than MISPIX. So we built it around this. Um, and that's kind of where we were. Before we did voice pick, we were MISPICking every 700 picks. Um, at the apex, at the peak of voice, we were doing one in 5,000. Um, in the freezer, that was more like one in 8,000, one in 9,000. It was you know, bigger boxes, so to speak. Um, 
what has happened, and I, saw, I show you guys today, with, currently with voice, we're doing one in 2,500, which is a lot less, half of what we had before. And I'll explain to you why that happened and what we're doing to solve that as well. Um, in 2008, as you can see here, we increased uh, a lot of the SKU count. Um, I did the math. You do the math. We dropped half. So if we didn't do voice, if you say one in 350 without voice, that could be more of a close correlation of what you could be doing if you didn't have voice technology. So it's not necessarily we dropped that, but if you didn't have voice, you could have been in a much worse situation. Um, what is the cost of a mispick? Well, there's a lot of things about mispicks that, you know, that are bad, but for you to feel it, to, for you to understand it as a customer, imagine going to a drive-thru and you order your burger with no sauce or, or fries and they forget to put that for you, or they put onions where you don't eat onions, and you're two blocks down the road, most customers will not come back and replace that product. What they will do is not go back and shop again with you. So that's a big cost of the mispick is lost sales beyond just uh, the cost of you grabbing that product, returning it to your warehouse and sending it out. You really lost that sale. That's, that was the big driver for us. We did not want to lose that sale. We want to maintain our uh, competitive advantage, the customer site. This is kind of the evolution of our warehouse. When we built it you know, in 2006, well, we had slots that looked like that, you know, four pallets between two uprights. Today, if you mark my warehouse, about 70% of it looks like what's on the right-hand side. So about 42 SKUs in certain, certain uprights, between two uprights, uh, that pickers have to navigate through and product, I mean, many things have to go right for 42 products to line up exactly under that check digit in a racking that looks like that. Um, so that's kind of where ch voice check digits kind of became less efficient. It gets you to that rack, but what it doesn't do is gets you to the right product. And that's kind of how we started. We started by putting three different color check digits in our warehouse. You start off with one and we switch it every so often, a week or so. Then we went to a current system today where I have five digits, which produces about 25 different check digits, and we rotate them every day. We switch them from one, you know, you can go first digit, fifth digit, and you can bounce it every different way. Today, what I'm doing is I'm eliminating the check digit completely. We don't need the check digit. What I'm gonna add is scanning. So basically, the, the people that ran scanners before came to us and said the best way to pick is with scanning. And then people with voice said the best way to pick is with voice because you're hearing the instructions and you're walking around thinking about how to pick. Well, why not bridge the two technologies together and produce the best way to pick before you get into robotics? You know? That's what we introduced today. So as we speak today, I just ordered about 150 of these things in our warehouse, and we're converting our warehouse to be a no check digit warehouse, no voice check digit warehouse. So even though I had the scanner built into the A730, I knew my warehouse was not going to be efficient enough pulling that scanner or having it belted where it turns on and bringing the product to it. I wanted to be if, if, you know, very fluid. I grab the case, and as I'm grabbing the case, I'm scanning it. So we got everybody, these scanners, either on the ring or with a glove, and we have seen so far, we've been on about a month, no drop in productivity, and, and some would argue there's gonna be an increased productivity. We had a lot of feedback from the selectors that hated it, and you know why? because they memorize those check digits. They tell you they didn't memorize them, but what happens is with the voice check digit gone, I no longer can read the check digit as I'm driving to the location. I no longer can memorize it. I no longer can say it and pick the product from the other aisle and just duck in and grab product from the back. I no longer can do those things. So they have to scan. And in and, and our facility, 25,000 SKUs, not everyone has a UPC. So. Um, 
we have about a 60% ratio of UPCs, uh, barcoded UPCs on product. So what happens is we, we uh, barcode the location. So, and then we, we uh, incentivize it. So we want you to scan the product. If you can't scan the product, go scan the location. At least I know you're there. Um, and if you scan the, the product, then you're really accurate. So got rid of the check digit. If you scan the product, nobody can argue you actually grabbed the product. I mean, the chances of, of the wrong barcode on the, on the product is very minimal. So we think that's a 100% accurate pick. Um, then we go down to scan location. So it's less accurate than scanning the product, but it's more accurate than voice because you're physically there. And then the one thing we notice, because we have a lot of short issues, when, when, check, uh, when pickers memorize check digits, and, and they don't have to memorize all your check digits, they have to memorize a few key check digits because you all know 20% or 10% of your items are most of your picks for the night. If they memorize just a few of those a night, if the product is far away from them and they're incentivized to pick by case, some of them are reading that check digit and not picking the product. So with the scanning and forcing them to physically get to that location, then that's a lot less reduced. Why would I get to that location and not pick the product? So that's another advantage of scanning that we didn't foresee, but you know, we, we talked about it and we decided to go through that route. Productivity. I, I worked in operations. I know productivity. We, we talk productivity all the time. We have a very short time window with next day delivery to pick products. So it's key that we pick accurately, but we have to do it fast or else we throw an Achilles. If we don't pick fast enough early in the shift, we throw everything in our operation off. Then we can't receive product. That gets delayed. Then the next day we're delayed. And then our customers are just not happy. Um, we use voice picking to, do, to, to gain that productivity. And we do it everywhere we can. We don't say voice picking is just for the guys picking on pallets. Well, if, we're, you know, if you're picking the tote and you're filling a tote, well, we want that accuracy and we want that productivity. So we do it with, uh, with voice. Uh, we case picking onto pallet. We have man up, you know, where we send you know, selectors up in the air to pick products through you know, four, tiers of, uh, four tiers. We also got scanning and voice on, in those locations. We want it everywhere we can get it. We want the same type of selection everywhere in our facility. Now I'm going to talk why, why we gained productivity, why we had that surprise ROI. This is our pick label. There's so much information on it. A lot, most of it is not even for the selector, but if the selector has to read that label, you're losing productivity every time they look at it. We, all we want them to do is take it off and stick it on the product correctly. That's all we care about because that label is designed for the driver, not for our customer, uh, not for our selector. Um, I did a quick little thing with visual versus voice because you know, I kind of want to understand, want you guys to understand that if you're looking for an airplane here and you're looking around, that's pretty difficult. You know? If you're looking for luggage, you have, I mean, you have to stare at this thing. But if I'm telling you, look at this stuff, you, you can quickly identify, like, where's an airplane? Your, vo your, your eyes quickly identify what you're looking for. If you're looking for a hand or out. That, that's what voice did for us. You know, they no longer have to look down and then look up to what they have to do. They hear the instruction. They're immediately driven to it. Um, there are places where voice works well, and there are places where it doesn't. And in, in instruction given where it's a small instruction, it's best to give it with voice. That way they're focused, they're driven, and you're going to see that productivity come to you. I saved this slide because a lot of our warehouse changes a lot, as, as I have explained. Um, there was a time frame when we installed voice, very small time frame, where we didn't do much 
technology changes. We didn't reconfigure racking. We didn't add new acquisitions. And in that time frame, I was able to measure what voice did to us accurately, because I'm into analytics a lot. So I, I want to know what something does for us, what technology does for us. And as you can see, when we installed it, we immediately saw the benefits. And, and it was big. I mean, we installed it. We saw a little bit of a dip, because people had to get used to it. And then slowly, it rose up to way beyond our expectations as far as productivity. Today, if voice is not operating, it's as good as this, the enterprise system being down. We can't pick. It's not possible. Um, these are the stats. I mean, I don't want to harp on these too much, but basically, we saw a 22% gain in productivity in that time frame in the freezer. Um, whether that applied across the entire warehouse, I don't know 100% because we went to double jacks, triple jacks. We did different things in other places. But I can tell you, in our operation in the warehouse where we pick 18,000 cases, we had a 22% gain in productivity. Guaranteed. Nothing else changed. With that, we also increased our mispick ratios for 1 in 7,000. After that period that I showed you, then we introduced triple pallet jacks, we built a new warehouse, and we changed the pay scale. So that's why I didn't include any of that data. So it's older data, but it is fully accurate. Um, one of the things, I, I guess maybe if you don't realize, but we had an office where we had about six people doing feedback. They get all the labels, they punch in all the ways, they punch in all the scratches, shorts. Um, and we were a fifth of the company we are today. So if I took that six uh, people and multiply it, today I'll have an office without voice with about 30 people to pick and ship our product in time. That is eliminated because your feedback is happening with the voice in as close to real time as possible. The other, thing, the other advantage with voice, you're getting your inventory in real time. So our WMS runs off, off of uh, generated replenishments. So if stock is empty, it generates a replenishment. With voice, you know that as you're selecting. I know that I hit that slot, went down to 20%. I can raise the priority of the replenishment. I increase and change things with my WMS because I have information that's happening in real time. As I select cases, my WMS immediately knows those cases are no longer there. If I say short in a location, I know that the two cases that the system thinks they're there, they're not there. Elevate another replenishment up to the, an A priority to get the forklift over there. Everything about this increases productivity that you don't anticipate when you're just talking simply, let me improve my voice solution. Truck dispatches with immediate feedback. We dispatch hours earlier versus you know, our previous world where we had to wait for the office when all the labels come back. They have to punch all and do all that feedback. So if you do manual feedback, voice will improve that dramatically. I wanted to add a slide of, of what could we do in the future. Because I, you know, I do a lot of technology. I do a lot of operations. And, and I like to see the future of things. I, I, I'm just interested in that stuff. Can artificial in, in intelligence be introduced to this? Well, the voice opens the uh, possibilities to that. And I was talking to SID about things we can do in real time to improve voice. You know, if I can assign, pick, you know, my biggest problem today is I don't have enough pick facings. Well, if I can assign pick faces in real time, so as I'm picking, send me instructions if I change locations. So I can actively be moving my warehouse and making it more efficient while selecting. Today, you know, with, without a voice solution or an immediate feedback with every selector, that's impossible. So if I can change a pick task as it's happening, then I can continuously work my warehouse efficiencies during a, p a picking shift, basically. I can change the door in real time. 
I can modify the pick path, redirect selectors to wherever you want them to go. Say you have holiday items, you want to do cross-docking, you receive product, you want to leave it somewhere and send selectors to empty it out so you don't put it all away in the warehouse. You unloaded a truck in the middle of the night. You can do things like that with voice. So I, I think there's a lot of availability of things to do with, you know, with cooperation with UWMS. And this is a slide of kind of like just showing you guys our BI world. Um, what I call myself, you know, I, I do lead the BI team at uh, LaPerry Foods. And uh, we do a lot of, uh, you know, technology behind that. And I call myself a blue collar BI warehouse because most of you guys come in and, you know, most of the BI people will come in and show you flashy stuff. Well, you know, we're more of let's accomplish it, you know. Um, and we do that, but this is a, a tool I built, um, you know, with a developer. Just kind of maps out my warehouse. It shows me where locations are in my warehouse. It shows me activity in my warehouse. It shows me where product is located in my warehouse. And it visually represents my warehouse with XYZ coordinates. So you can go from an Excel file or you're directly from your WMS like we do and, and quickly build a visualization of your warehouse. And with voice technology, and that's why I wanted to show this, you have real-time knowledge of things. So if somebody reads the wrong check digit, you can immediately highlight it here. Or if somebody's going to a location they're not supposed to, you can immediately see it here. Um, so that, that's the kind of the future and, and what things you can do. And you can do that, actually, this stuff, we're doing that today, so it's not even the future. So uh, I guess I'm going to open the QA and hand this over to Gary. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So we've got, we've got about 17 minutes left before they shut us down. So the floor is open for your questions for Joe. I, I know I was pretty impressed with uh, this guy when I sat in his office and asked him, well, what was the increase in productivity back when you put invoice 13 years ago? He, he hit a couple of keys and pulled up a slide from 13 years ago. Uh, we, we unfortunately work with too many companies today who have a hard time giving us the metrics that we need to be able to do that ROI analysis for them. So uh, data is good. Um, questions for Joe about his, uh, his journey with voice over the last 13 years. Yes. With the, the voice? I'll, I'll, let me just repeat the oh, question. Joe had mentioned that there were some kinks when it was rolled out. What were some of those kinks? It's, it's mostly getting used to the new technology. So they went from picking with labels, so now you give them a device. So um, the, the kinks were just basically them learning how to use a new solution. There was really nothing as far as, as a solution not doing what we wanted it to do. And the other thing I want to elaborate on that is, is it was an easy solution to implement just because we were able to implement it with a team leaders, then, then beyond the team leaders. So it wasn't a one-for-all where we cut off the switch and we put everybody on voice one day. We were able to phase it in, so, so people were kind of used to it. We had floor team leaders that were able to present it to people. That's why we didn't see as many kinks as you could see. So, I mean, implementation is key here. Yes, sir. The, the question is, with going to scanners now with the voice unit, there's obviously an investment involved there. Does Joe have any feedback on how quickly though that investment will ROI. Yeah, so, so obviously there's a cost to, to scanning, and, and if you do an ROI study, you, you might not get that, but it, it goes back to the feeling of, of a mispick. Um, and we do a lot of things without doing a detailed ROI, and that's one of those where we had complaints, major complaints from customers with inaccurate information, or inaccurate product, or in, inaccurate weight 
that you know we were building them. So uh, and I mean it was a key, it was a quick decision just because the the cost wasn't extreme. I mean it's you know a few hundred dollars for each scanner across the warehouse. It might seem like a lot, but it's really not that much. Um, and, and we didn't do a full RI study on that one. We, we think we're going to see immediate results on it. Bo both, yeah. Uh, do we lose a sale when, when we mispick a product? Yeah, we lose the sale. A lot of times we reship it. So if you do a lot of the, let me calculate how much it costs to reship it. We're shipping all the way down from, from Warren, Michigan, close to Detroit. We ship to, to Philadelphia. We go all the way to Iowa. And we go all the way to Florida. So if, if I have to grab that case and bring it back, most times it's, it's useless by the time it comes back in the grocery business. Uh, but we do a lot of reships, and, and it's just it's costly. It's a very costly error. Yeah. Yes, sir. Pro productivity gain in the warehouse was 22% when we installed it. Yes. Employee, you mean the, the yeah, we, we have a- glove a, scanner. Uh, yeah, are we using the glove scanner? We, we do both. We have some people, some of our selectors like the glove, some like it as a ring, um, and I think there's a different kind of glove that we're ordering as well. Um, how do we manage, each, each selector gets their own. Each selector gets their own scanner as well. Turn it in every night, yes. Actually, that's one of the things I want to go see here is, is a locker system for that as well. We don't have that yet. If you uh, could repeat. Just yeah, so, so the question was, did, I, did we commit to the entire facility before, um, or just a small section of the facility? No, we committed to the whole uh, facility. We wanted to do selection across the whole building. Yeah. We, what we didn't commit to is, is doing the smaller operations where it was small pick to toads, but it was just a pick to pallet. So scanner damage and how much do I keep on inventory? I keep about 10% additional. And the reason for the 10% additional is I didn't buy warranty on these scanners. The cost is so low on, on these scanners. I mean, I, I don't want to say too low, but as far as other things that we typically buy in technology, it's not a big cost. So instead of buying warranty about 20% of the cost of the product, I've, we've decided that if it breaks, as a matter of fact, I got a call this morning that one of them was trashed, throw it in the garbage, buy a new one. Um, and then that's how we met. We just check them in and out every night. Yes, sir. What kind of tools are available to help a selector pick the most efficient route through the warehouse? For example, having your forks lifted if you know you're going to be going to a higher rack, or going into the aisle in the correct direction. If you can't see a screen, it kind of give you a cue to do that. Does that make sense? Did you? Pick? Yeah, I mean, the question is, is how, what efficient ways? I guess the, the, the pick path, uh, the cue that you give the selector, right? Yeah, the, the vocal commands, what the voice would tell them to pick the best path. That, that's all done on your WMS. The pick path is defined in your WMS. And uh, you saw the previous slide where we drew out the warehouse. We do a lot of that slotting technology to best send the best instruction to the selector. The selector doesn't have to make decision. The voice doesn't make the decision of where the selector goes. It's the WMS that, that, that drives that, basically. Yeah. For voice technology, what type of IT support do we have? That's the one key thing here is, is I don't like to support anything just because we pick at night, you know, and I like to sleep at night. Um, <laughs> the voice solution, so that, again, we went for a purpose-built device, which doesn't break down often, uh, very rarely. 
and the technology with SIDs supporting our devices today. So basically, you submit an RMA and you send it. That's all done on the night shift with the, the, the night crew. Um, whenever something breaks, they, they put it in, they send it in, and get a new unit back. I, we taught them how to flash it. It's, it's just one way to flash things. There's, there's not much going on there that IT, IT doesn't even see these devices. A average time frame to onboard a team. That was one of the biggest ROI studies when we did it originally. Is it going to help selectors pick faster? Is it going to train them faster? Here's the answer to that. It, the training time today to get an efficient selector for us is about 90 to, to 180 days. That only changes by a few days with voice. The reason for that is it's easier for me to put a voice device that gives them instructions, create a voice template, and then have them go pick. So they already know how, what to do, because you know, somebody's telling them what to do all the time. What it doesn't do is doesn't help them stack a pallet. So people build cones all the time until they get more efficient, and then they start building better pallets. So that, that's the key. So it's not going to cut down so much of your training time. You still have to do that. But the instructions, you know, whatever it takes two, three times to teach them, if you're going with labels, it's much quicker to teach them with voice. They'll onboard almost immediately and can start picking. A WMS? So, so the question is, is WMS a prerequisite to voice? And, and that's a good question because we wanted to do voice in, even earlier, 2003, and we tried to do it with our homegrown WMS and we realized you know, we needed a new WMS, we needed a new ERP. So we delayed the project about four years to get those installed first and then do it. With today, though, I mean, a lot of the WMSs out there already have a tie-in directly to voice. And the, the WMS we decided to use already had uh, you know, in, integration to Vocalect. So it was a, honestly, I mean, you, you buy these devices, if you already have a WMS that does that, you can have voice picking happen immediately. Um, you don't have to wait or integrate or customize. There's not much customization. If you have a good WMS, there's not much customization happening after yeah. you purchase the WMS. And, so. I, and I can elaborate on that a bit. Joe did benefit from the fact that he, when he went to the Power Warehouse WMS, there was a direct integration that already existed. We as a company actually do those integrations for many software companies that are out there. But for those where a custom integration is required, we do it all the time with a, a middleware solution that is in near real time, that is, is quite robust and can actually add value. Even if your host system is uh, an order management system or an ERP, the middleware's got capabilities to group, batch, uh, and, and provide WMS light kinds of functionality. So, absolutely no need for a WMS. Uh, matter of fact, one of our um, customers of a few years ago was concerned that they felt like the only way they could get better was to invest in a WMS, and they were very concerned about the price tag and the length of time it was, would take to implement. They talked with us, we had a voice system in within five months, and they couldn't be more thrilled and have since taken it beyond picking to loading, and now we're, we're actually working with them on a receiving workflow. Yes, sir. Okay, the question is, he, the gentleman is in an industry where they don't have barcodes like Joe does. Uh, do we have anything like Google Glass or, or anything like that? So, a couple things here. First off, the, the key change in Joe's business was the proliferation of SKUs 
and his need to start commingling product. When we see commingled sites like Joe has, we do recommend scanning because the products aren't single located and most voice customers in the world today pick with no scanning because they can do a check digit or dynamic check digits and know that that product has its slot location. When, when it's a commingled environment, then scanning becomes more of a necessity. There's been a lot of talk about glasses and Google Glass and is that required? I can tell you from so many customers we've talked to, especially ones that went from RF scanning to voice, there are still companies out there that just don't believe that voice can be more accurate than RF scanning because a scan is a 100% accurate event. Joe is benefiting from the fact that because his workers are voice directed, their eyes and focus remains on what they're doing. But if they're using a handheld scanner to direct their work and, and have no voice like Joe does, even if they get to the slot location and scan the location, they may have to put the scanner down, they look away, and that's where errors get introduced. So what voice has shown, certainly in my 16 years in the industry, is the power of human performance is pretty amazing when you can give them the, that data interfacing utility in a hands-free, eyes-free way. They get into a performance zone where they just move along, they, they maintain their focus, they're not distracted, no need for Google Glass. As a matter of fact, just to be honest with you, I mean, we've heard a lot of negative things about glasses in terms of, are they nothing more than a translucent screen put on the tip of a, of a worker's nose? The change in focus that the worker has between the real world and then looking through the glass or interpreting data, if I'm at the top of a, of a cell phone tower doing a repair and I need to refer to information, Good, good application for Google Glass. In my view, picking, it's, it's not as nearly as good and you know, a million people around the world using this technology today. Not the case with, with other uh, technologies like glasses and uh, the results prove themselves in terms of the accuracy levels that can just be achieved through voice. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, how do we handle shorts or scratches? So, so selector gets to the location. The system thought there was product there, so it sent them there. Um, there's no product there. So the first thing they do is, is say short. When they say short, if there's a replenishment available, it bounces that to the top. It allows them to continue. As soon as that ma replenishment makes it to the pick location, there's a new instruction that goes to them wherever they are at the time that says go back and pick that product. Uh, or they can visually see that, hey, there's some more product there. They can always go back to that location. Um, and then once we send them, then the, the process here is when you go through the entire pick and you were never sent back to that location, you have to visit an inventory office. At that point, the inventory office approves the scratch or not. So that's, that's the process for, for feedback on scratches. We've got less than two minutes left. I'm, I'm going to just touch on one point um, in terms of voice-directed order picking what you need to know. Joe commented on his choice for the purpose-built device and all the value he's realized from that. There's another aspect of, of voice 
speaker independent recognition and dependent recognition. The, the Vocalog voice system has always been grounded in dependent recognition, where each worker trains in about 15 to 20 minutes their own voice template for the fairly limited vocabulary that any good voice application has. This allows them to train the system in an infinite number of languages, accents, and dialects. And it's exactly what you want. You want your diverse workforce to respond to the system in their most natural way. And that's what dependent recognition does. The, the, the technology also allows that the system to be customized so they can choose male or female voice, the pitch of the voice, the volume, and the speed, which is always the most fascinating thing for me. After 16 years, there are nine speed settings. Most workers start with four, five, but many, over time, on their own, will dial that speed up to eight or nine, which is unrecognizable to any of us with an untrained ear for the system in this room today. Uh, and if you, if you watch some voice videos out online, you'll, you'll sometimes be taken back by that, that you won't even understand what it's stating to the worker. Uh, they understand it perfectly well. So uh, something to be aware of and, and look out there. But again, the net-net is workers love using voice. We're working with a company right now that bought a voice system that has gone away. And they're having to spend a significant amount of money to have us convert it over to a Vocalec voice system. Part of their concern about spending that money is what's the ROI? They went out, gave their workers some RF devices and said, you know, what do you think? Unanimously, don't go there, was the feedback from the workers. So they're working with us for us to voice enable their, their, uh, their WMS with, uh, with a Vocalec voice system. It, it makes sense, make the right decision, spend time to make a well-informed decision with voice because once you make it, it's, it's not an easy, quick, inexpensive change. Um, but you will, I think, realize all the benefits that Joe has and all the customers that, that, that we serve today. We are out of time. Uh, our booth, Speech Interface Design, is 8067, about 100 yards from here. Uh, Joe and I will be in the booth along with other members of our team, so if you have additional questions, please feel free to stop by or follow up with either one of us. Thank you very much for your attendance. Thanks, everyone.